Silver Cross Sudbury sells new and recycled home healthcare equipment to a growing market for seniors, caregivers, and others in need of various mobility and accessibility aids. Now, the best news, let me tell you. Silver Cross Sudbury is hiring a service technician. If you're interested, here's the main responsibility of this role. Efficiently completing installation of stair lifts, wheelchair lifts, home elevators, and other mobility products. Okay, the sex, the, the sex, I can't say that word. The successful candidate is a hardworking individual who understands the unique challenges faced by our clients, primarily dealing with seniors and individuals with disabilities. If you qualify, you need two plus years of repair or installation experience, two plus years of mechanical electrical experience, and two plus years, preferably working directly with clients, preferably in older homes. Now, if you're interested in this role, please contact Silvercross Subri and Dean and Chantal Jacqueline at 705-222-0700 or visit them at 760 Notre Dame Avenue here located in Sudbury. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon now come on people, live with me Where the light has never shone And my hornets flock like hummingbirds Speaking in a foreign tongue This is my life, this is my life, this is my life, my life This is my life, this is my life, this is my life, my life What is going on? On people, ladies and gentlemen across the land, BTB is here for another episode of Behind the Bench. Another week of Behind the Bench. We're here for week 142. Thank you for tuning in and uh, enjoying the ride. You can find BTB everywhere Instagram, BTB Podcast, double underscore, Twitter, X, whatever it's called, YouTube, whatever. Find us anywhere you want. BTB, we're there. Week 142, we have uh, all the boys uh, here except for Mace. Mace may tune in uh, a little bit later down uh, the line here, but we got Tommy, we got Roberto, we got myself, and let's get it rolling right off the Happy birthday to you. (laughs) 24, buddy. No, you're getting the first intro. How you doing? Happy birthday, man. Birthday, happy. Your phone has probably went from 100 Zero percent battery, probably three times. Knowing the amount of text this guy's getting today, give me the amount rough estimate text phone calls. Uh, I couldn't even give you. I couldn't even. There, look at this. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't even guess. But uh, the love is truly uh, felt, and thank you to everyone that uh, reached out for happy birthday. 24, 24 big ones. Um, let's go. Let's go. Mace, Let's we were go. just saying you're coming on later in the show, but look at this. You're five minutes in. I just He's didn't here. add read. I just didn't add read for Silver Cross again, buddy. I don't know. I, I, I messed up one word, but it's, we're doing a little intro for Chim. It's his lovely 24th today. So, Well, hey, yeah. Happy birthday, Chim. I cannot <laughs> believe you're 24. Uh, it's crazy. I've really only known you for your adult life, I guess. Um, but. You are a great young man, the captain of this ship. I'm sure that's been said. Uh, but yes, happy birthday. It's going to be a great year for you. I'm very excited to see what's next. I think he has every letter. I think you're the C in both three A's. Like, and you're the, yeah, you're and the man. And E-bug. And the E-bug. 
GM coach. You're the Jack. <laughs> you're the Jackie Moon, Jim. You're the Jackie and Moon. We're going to play Michigan Mega Bowl. We're going to okay, play so Michigan Mega Bowl. Where are we? Where? This we're, is, we're just starting, Mace. We're oh, Mace, I, I, I generally yeah. just asked how many texts he got, but he's not giving me an answer. I, I think it's 500 plus, man. Like this guy. You go oh, on Facebook today. It's, it's Chimino Facebook. It's Chimino Facebook. Like he, yeah, every every single person. More family than. But I have uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, thank you to everybody uh, that reached out. Twenty four. Um, it's kind of wild. Uh, life flashes. You gotta enjoy it. Enjoy it while it passes by here, and uh, enjoy every moment because. You know, a little. Do you know you're gonna be uh, getting old quick? So, um, it's been a, it's been a fun, fun ride. Um, other news on my end, some great news. Um, Dude, officially, have a week. officially have a, week. a teacher. I'm officially a qualified teacher. Uh, with Sudbury Catholic. So let's go. Uh, Mace giving me the thumbs down. Rainbow guy. But uh, hey, Mace, you can always come to the good side whenever you like. Um, but, uh, I'll recruit you. Yeah, I'll recruit you. But yeah, it's been a great week. Um, and, uh, the fun has just uh, begun. We got this month is going to be insane. Um, and I cannot wait, um, to see what's in store content wise people. This could be some of the best content you see from BTB to kick off 2024 too. So watch out because we are going to have a fun time. I will tell you that, uh, for free. But uh, let's uh, snap it around here, Tommy of La House. What's going on, brother? You're, you're, you're going. I'm changing my setting here, and you're you're coming to me. I'm on the couch today, boys. I uh, wanted to switch up the atmosphere and the uh, location of recording, be a little more comfy for you guys. Did a lot of shoveling over the past weekend and last week. I won't lie, we got blitzed. Robbie's looking at me. Robbie, you have a thing that's attached to your truck. You this have guy a thing. Doesn't touch a shovel. You, you, you turn you, on the snowblower. You just yeah. walk behind it, dude. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll get there. Robbie, you have a thing that's attached to your truck, okay? I don't think that's that bad when you're chilling in the car seated, okay? <laughs> in my opinion, you're out there for four or five hours. You're in a car. Put the tunes on. I'm in the snowblower shaking, little vibration. Anyways, it's good. Benny Leeson, everyone knows he's my neighbor. The man in charge of the Stembury Wolves, the insider. He's not here. He's in Florida. After a very busy OHL trade deadline, they shipped him out to uh, to unwind a little bit. So I've been doing his driveway as well. And Themis and Polly aren't here. They're on a little vacation as well. So I'm the man of the house right now. Uh, I kind of feel like Mace. It's kind of tough. I mean, I'm grinding a little bit. Coming home from work, putting in the hours outside, taking care of the hot tub, doing like dad stuff. Taking out the garbage, never used to it. Other than that, Jim, you mentioned Spad Turdy. I'm getting myself amped up. I bought myself a new twig last week. Fixed the bucket, got the skates done. I'm ready to go, ready to go, and uh, yeah, happy birthday to you again, buddy. It's been a pleasure being your Thanks. friend, and I got a lot of good comments on that post. It has been a pleasure, Tom. Yeah. No, the post of me and you, where <laughs> where it all started, that spad pick hits a little different every time I see it. It's it's crazy to think it's only been that long. Like it's only been what I guess now it's six years, but still, it uh, feels like. Well, I've known you a lot longer, but. Uh, been close uh for for about six uh six years here so it is uh, it is crazy but uh robbie b robbie b how you doing we're doing we're doing i feel like uh chim you're on you're on a mountain right now i love it it's like the birthday <laughs> the big news this week you're gonna have a nice little weekend wolves game it's amazing um but it's been good this is gonna be my last uh 
last week for a couple of weeks uh, in Sudbury. So enjoying it. We're uh, we're gonna go up with a little bit of a bang this weekend with, Sudbury, oh. with the uh, Wolves game Friday night. So I think I think we've confirmed it's gonna be the uh, full full roster, full squad again. Full roster, yes. Look at the head nods. The band is back together. Yeah. Again, the double Fridays. Oh, my God. It's yeah. maybe, we went maybe. like the first 30 games. Not going to the game, all all four of us. And uh, now we're just banging them out. So that is Well, awesome. all it took was perhaps to load up, man. That's all That's all it really was. Oh, yeah. And for them to get spanked. We'll get into that. but Yeah, yeah. maybe we'll dabble we with a little FIFA post game. But oh. uh, hello. Um, but anyway, have you guys ever talked about uh, your debacle on that? No, we're not talking about it. Next question. No, no, no. no. Who were you guys again? Iceland. Who were you? No, no. We were Spain. We lost to Russia. Okay, enough. 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 (laughs) Enough. Next question. Can you let Roberto finish his intro? It's like Italy not making the World Cup. Can you let Roberto finish his intro? All I was going to say is is content through, through the roof right now. Content through the roof. Yeah, we've had and, some great content uh, as of late. And Robbie, sh- nothing short of entertaining. Talking about content, you're logging into the pod account and doing a nice little birthday post for Jim. He probably felt some relief off those shoulders. Jim, that's the first post I think anyone's ever done but you. Matt Mace has done a multiple, but you've you've taken the bulk of it. Buddy. Well, when I saw that, I was like, you were freaking out. What? The, I was like, who the <laughs> hell posted this? <laughs> Were you like? I didn't even know you guys still had the login to the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, I switched the account back and forth. I, I, and and to make sure how many votes I get, and making sure that you're not getting any cheap ones in the four pack. But Tom's in charge of DMs. Uh, (laughs) That's how it works. Um, Mason and getting the guest and getting the guest. Okay, Mason Simone, how you doing, brother? Uh, Things are great. Fresh off another B division win. Saw that Bishop, uh, eh? Bishop Carter or Cartier. Um, yeah, four one, Ryder Co. Max Beljo connection. Ma- uh, Ryder or Max Beljo comes around the net, sees Ryder far blue line breakaway post in, incredible. Didn't get that on camera. I was actually catching a little content because the Lockery Sports page asked for more photos and videos of the hockey team. So uh, missed that one, but got another goal. But yeah, four one, we're we're really eyeing this Division B banner. Banners fly forever. Roll Vikes. Roll and Vikes. Mace, I had I was gonna text you, but I knew we were hopping on tonight. On my way back through to Garson today after work, I see a Lockerbie poster for the open house. And I'm like, this is so that was slapped uh, right uh, by right on old St. Joe's, right? Yes. St. Joe's Hospital, yeah. Exactly. Was that you got that connection, Mace? Yeah. Was it me? That's where I saw it. That's exactly where I saw it, Chem. You're right. <clears throat> yeah. There's one in the Coppercliff Arena too. Oh, talk about the Coppercliff Arena. Open house. So does that mean I got to come and grab some bergs and stuff? Like, do I have to have a kid that goes to school there? Or Yes. Oh. Going into grade nine. <laughs> Tom, you can use a few more years of high school too. So, I mean, if you want to go, you can Yeah, you guys can teach me, man, for sure. <laughs> y, y equals MX plus B. That's, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Nice, Whoa. Tom. Nice. <laughs> What's that for? Um, The line, No. Yeah, yeah. The slope of the line. Out of boy, Tom. Thanks, buddy. Out of boy. The, and the BZ intercept, right? The BZ intercept? Something the Y like intercept? That. Yeah, it's like the there little... Okay, thanks, bud. Yeah. Mace, are you... I didn't... I'm sorry. Did you finish uh, your intro? Yeah, you yeah, good? pretty much. Okay. Good stuff. Um, all right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go. 
to our Tristan Ritchie at Lake City Realty Performers of the Week. Are you ready to make your real estate dreams come true in Sudbury? Look no further than Tristan Ritchie at Lake City Realty. Tristan is your dedicated, knowledgeable, and passionate real estate expert, ready to guide you through every step of your property journey. Whether you're buying your first home, upgrading to your dream house, or selling a property, Tristan Ritchie has the experience and expertise to make it happen. With a deep understanding of the subway market, Tristan will help you find that perfect property that suits your needs and budget. Tristan's local insight and dedication to ensuring you get the best deal possible. But it's not just about buying and selling. It's about creating a seamless and enjoyable real estate experience. Tristan prides himself on being a true partner on your journey. He listens to your goals and works tirelessly to make them a reality. So, if you're ready to embark on your real estate adventure in Sudbury, reach out to Tristan Ritchie at Lake City Realty. Your dream home is just a phone call away. Contact him today at 705-920-6190. You can find him on all socials at Real Ritchie. And let's make your real estate dreams come true. Boys, what do we got? Am I first? I usually am first, eh? Start us off. Go hot. ahead, man. Go ahead. Okay. So the... Gigi's women's hockey team. Okay, they just posted uh, this morning, actually. So the women's hockey academy is in charge of the Melissa Kingsley um, tournament that gets ran over the summer, and they did a little post in collaboration with the Gigi's women's hockey. Raised seventy five hundred bingos, boys, for the scholarship from Melissa Kingsley. So a little stick taps there for the women's hockey academy here in Sudbury that puts that tournament on for uh, for Mel. We miss her every day. We've talked about Mel before. But a uh, good little initiative there running that tournament in the summer. And 7,500 bingos is no joke for a scholarship. So that's my performer. Women's Hockey Amazing. Academy. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Uh, Roberto? Off to me. Uh, before we get into that, do you guys see uh, Tristan's new home that uh, he listed the other day too in Llewellyn? Yes. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yes. It's a I, nice little house. I it's almost nice texted house. him if I can live there until someone finds it. or buys I'll it. tell you this. Tristan Ritchie is such a good realtor. He would have been able to get people to live in the Lido Hotel. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, we'll go off to my performer this week. So uh, I'm sticking on the uh, the ice. I think I've been on the ice the last uh, the last few weeks here uh, with my performer. But I'm going uh, to Matteo Bates, uh, who is named to the roster for uh, for Canada's Winter Youth Olympic Games in South Korea. That's happening at the end of January. Um, Mateo was, uh, kind of went up through the Sudbury system, um, as a, as attendee here played for the U16 AAA squad last year as an underager, uh, this year he's down with the Barry junior Colts. Um, I think a lot of people think he's going to be one of the, the top picks this year in the OHL draft in that first round too, but wanted to give a shout out to a local boy, uh, that's going to be representing Sudbury in Canada in the Indo-Pacific and South Korea to the end of January. So congrats, Mateo. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mace, what do you got, brother? The city swim meet happened for the high schools. I feel like I'm the high school reporter, uh, but I'm really piggybacking off uh, Randy Pascal, the great one here. Uh, Gord Farrell, <laughs> grade nine. One. Gord Farrell is uh, featured in Randy's article this week, uh, talking about his uh, up-and-coming swim career, how he's trained. But uh, Gord Farrell, uh, great kid coming up from Lockery. Hoping to get him on the hockey team next year. Uh, but Gord won the uh, 50 meter under 15. Uh, yeah. So, and then a lot of Lockerbie swimmers, but all, overall, just all the swimmers going on from 
subre to offset. So offset swimming coming up. Love it. Love it. Great. Um, okay. Mine is going to go out to maybe, hopefully, maybe one day we'll get him on, uh, on the pod. Uh, Andrew Desjardins, who played his 1,000th professional game over in Austria. Um, it's pretty wicked uh, to see kind of the journey he's, he's been on. Obviously, a cup winner uh, as well. So 1,000 professional games. Um, that is no... Uh, that is something very difficult to do. So a uh, big uh, congrats to Andrew Desi Desjardins. Um, okay. Yes, Tom. Just one little shout out. Our best bud, number one BTB fan, signed a three by three with the, with this <laughs> being a probation officer, Zach Madison, a little shout out there. You got a little contract extension. Yeah, so nice. Had to give him a little, I, I mentioned three by three. Don't know the exact amount, but another three-year contract as a probation officer is uh no congrats, job, so congrats, buddy. Yep. Celebrating the hot tub this weekend. Nikki Felino <laughs> yeah. got a contract too. I, were, yeah, oh, I was just going to go there. Yeah. God. Hey, get him. He's going to have 70 million cap friendly hey. career earnings. That's no joke. Pay him, pay him everything. Pay him everything. I love Jim, it. you think he'd get it, that money anywhere else though? Or is he's there because of Bedard? I don't know. But what I okay. will say is. You gotta value the intangibles um, as well. You gotta I value agree. the glue. You gotta value the glue. You need the glue He's to win. An absolute glue guy. You need the glue. Shout out Homer. You need the glue. Um, <laughs> the gorilla glue. Yeah, exactly. The gorilla glue for real. Um, okay, let's go to the Corny's bulletin board. We got the OHL recap for the boys. Um, kind of news around the league. London is on a 12-game heater. Mm-hmm. They've won 12 straight um, and beating win, uh, beating Saginaw uh, at home too, which is no uh, – that is uh, unreal, unreal. Um, so thoughts, guys, just thoughts on the OHL. Well, I mean, um, around you mentioned league. London, and we got a chat. Like me, you and, West me, you and yeah, the West is a dogfight, but – me, you, and Max are in a group chat every single time. This win extends to 10, to 11, to 12. Probably going to be 13 this weekend. We hear about it. He is so confident, and we mentioned uh, Chim in, in the group chat with him. He just blew out his brother's team, which is... <laughs> oh, my God. He pounded them. And he, but he's, he was nice. He said he said he kept the, the chirps to a minimum. But London's no well, joke, man. They kind of didn't really do too much. Because they knew they had the glue. We mentioned, you know what? Yeah. It's the glue pod. It's the glue and your and beating pod. It, it, yeah. Dude, that true. team looks like they're all binding together. They've had these stretches of, I think, 10 plus wins twice now, if I'm not mistaken. When, yeah. When you don't shake up the room, you know, when the room's kind of assembled at day one, like it's, that's good, right? That's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're all, Lennon's always good at, uh, you know, developing players and, um, they obviously have done and making them buy in with uh, with Max McHugh and uh, yeah, and other guys as well. Um, but yeah, that's but, basically uh, what all I got, Jim. Like it's, uh, I know we're gonna dive into the Wolves, but the the West the is the West is, 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 is scary. It is, uh, it is scary, and um, you know, I think our rankings were pretty true to the fact, like yeah, good Guelph job on those. is like Guelph is good, but they're in the West. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they'd be a good team in the East. Guelph would be a top three team in the East. 
Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy. Light. So. Well, um, imagine if, I think it'd be a little different. Imagine the West even more if Matt Pletcher was to come back. I know he's not now, but. Well, um, yeah, well, then Guelph would have loaded up is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, or, or they would have just sold as well. I think that would have made it either way. Yeah, they would have, they would have. They would have loaded up too. They would have just jumped right in a dogfight with them. I think. Yeah, because they have that that one D man I love there, the booch. Because in the playoffs, listen, anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, but yeah, if we take a look here around, uh, we'll start in the West this time around since we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. We got Kitchener, the Sioux, London, Saginaw, Guelph, and I'll tell you that it's probably going to be how it is for the rest of the year. Maybe a couple changes in between teams, um, but for the most part, I think it's going to be uh, like that for a while. I don't know why it shows uh, the Knights having more points. Hold on here, because yeah, because okay. of uh, division. Oh, division. The, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so Kitch, the Sioux, London, Saginaw, Guelph, Erie. Um, Owen Sound and Flint to round out the West. In the East, we have Sudbury at one, Branford at two, North Bay at three, Oshawa at four, Mississauga at five, Ottawa six, Kingston seven, and Peterborough at eight. Um, so, boys, kind of looking around the league. I mean, do we, if we want to jump into the Wolves now, we can. The one um, here's the one thing I want to say about the East. The Wolves will win, they'll lose, they'll win two, they'll lose two, they'll win three, lose three. They'll still gonna get the, the they will still get first place. And when first place makes you have home ice throughout the whole playoffs, in my opinion. Well, I know that's true, but I'm saying they're gonna finish first. That's just my opinion. I, I think They should. Yeah. They should. Their skill will be there to push them there. And it will help if they hopefully make a run deeper that they'll have home ice all the way through because we know how that crowd is in the playoffs and that's going to help them now do you want to dive in right away or do you want to say something about the east because i want to talk about that game i mean mine as well uh mine as well talk about so we last time we chatted we did not even talk about like the first it was we were just about to watch the first game yes that's right mississauga on a wednesday that goalie um was unbelievable uh, for Mississauga, what the heck is his name? Um, when you t- when you find it, I'll 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 snap with Robbie here. So I left pretty upset as a fan that game, Chim. I know there's a lot of new faces and everyone's kind of finding their role, and it's a lot of excitement, gripping the stick too hard. But I think there's no excuse to lose that game. Like there were Ryerson no leaders, right? Ryerson leaders. Um, like, yeah, I know they hit no, six, seven, nine, ten posts and 40, 50, whatever shots they had, but those are the games you got to find a point, Jim. Like, even get it to overtime. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I get it. And I do hear you. Um, I just, I think you got to give these guys some time to gel. That's the, yeah. like, and that yeah, was and game number game. one. I know I mean, it's a long game. the first game. time these guys are playing with each <clears throat> other. You got three new defensemen, right? Uh, sorry, two new. Um, and you forward in your top six. I get right. it. That's why I'm being positive. And but 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 no excuses for sure. But I'm just saying. Um, I think you got to give him some time to gel. And Mississauga is a good team. And Leaners faced what 50 shots. He was unbelievable that night. 50 is uh, like normal for him too. I feel like so yeah. he's just used to getting. Yeah, covered. he's been good. 
Tim, the one thing that I will say though about Wednesday that was disappointing was just like they rode the non-acquired guys. Like little G was on the bench for a lot of that third period, a lot of the second period up front. The new D, we found like they were still going with some of those old pairings in that third period too. Like that that was a squad in like that top line couldn't find a way. And it was Dvorsky's. I think that was his first game since coming back from World Jays, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um like you gotta find a way to just get one, like a greasy, dirty goal. I don't know. And those are like the tough games that I think like thinking about that part of the season. Make though, all these know. big make all these big trades, so much excitement around the team. If you find a way to win that game, a two-one tight game, you push it to OT, even if you get a point, you've got some good morale. What ended up happening? They lose that game. Um, but they lose I can't remember Friday too, and then Sunday, like debacle, but no, they the won in uh, they, they, they won, won in Sarnia. 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 They won in, yeah, they won in Sarnia. Um, and then obviously Windsor, you know, you lose to the worst team in the league, giving up eleven, and uh and you scored seven times. Um I you gotta think it's just one of those games. Um, but you also have to think, is goaltending as good as people thought it was? Probably not. Is Jakob Vondras the out and out number one? I would say no at this point. I'm with you. Um, and I I would have said no for a long time now. Um, it's just every time Wolves now get an import goalie, it's like it's the next Ukopeka Lukanen. Like it's just not ever gonna be like him. So like so there's a lot of hype, but is he really that good? Like he, I don't know. Here's here's what I think about the goaltending situation, and I. I I'm agreeing with you, but I think it goes back to when we first started watching them game one of the season. Their team defense is, is not there. Like, no real guys are just buying in defensively. I Hopefully, it's going to tighten up with all the new guys they got, and they'll figure it out below the blue line, as in the D zone. But for the goaltending, I think they get one of the three guys. Here's your chance. If it's Vanderbilt, whatever, if it's Vondras, and they get that next win, you're playing them for two weeks. He's your, he, that's your net. Cause well, they, yeah, they, you gotta they, assume, they, they gotta, you they gotta, gotta figure assume, out who your number one is. Yeah. They, they gotta you, figure you, that out. You gotta assume that uh, Vandenberg's gonna, gonna start here against, uh, against Barry when the Wolves play him uh, here Thursday, which you're, you're listening today, but uh, Friday on Friday. No, Thursday. They play in Barry Thursday. No. Oh, sorry. 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 You're right. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. Barry, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. Thursday. So you got to think Vandenberg gets the start. Um, but listen, you can't let 11 goals in. There's just, you can't let 11 goals in. Team defense goals. Can't win like whatever. that, Jim. Can't you win gotta like make that. It, one, you got to make a save. And two, you got to be able to play defense. I Their decor is much better than what it was at the deadline. Um, but I just think, you know, you got to, it, it's all you can have good defensemen, but it's it's a total like oh, that's some of the turnovers, man. It's just insane. And the forwards, like why? And they did it near the end of that game. But why do you have to ride Musty, Goyette, and Dvorsky when your team is that deep? Why can't you balance the lineup a little bit more? Why can't you break them up for a couple shifts? Like, why are you so predictable? Is my like you do not have to run that same line 
every time they go out and play for two and a half minutes and then come off the ice. And then everybody else wants to play for two and a half minutes and it's just not great. And then it becomes um, log hockey. Out that's there. It. It's to me, it's like we have what we have. We're 50 games into the season. We have 27 games left. I would try everything under the sun and see what sticks. Like, Jim, we talk about this every single day. It's easy. With this team. To me, it's easy. You it, mentioned the third and fourth line probably won't change that much, but first and second line, I think you can make change. And I agree. And you mentioned about them being predictable. I and I, I haven't talked to any opposing teams. I don't know really any coaching on any opposing. I think they're easy to coach against, Jim. You shut down that one line, we're good. We'll be in the hockey game. We might we have a really good chance to win, and that's what we've been seeing. That's, well, that's what happened that in Mississauga in particular. That line in particular, just their defense is not that great. Like yeah, Quinn Musk, everyone yeah. knows the, the team, even Goyet, yeah. like they want to go and score, which I love. Like they're hungry, they're hungry to score, but it's they like, get their cookies. Yeah, yeah, God, like the careless turnovers, the just the. To me, you cannot split up Goyet and Delic. Those two together, put them on line with McCallum, Dvorsky, Giroux. It doesn't matter. Those guys will go flying. Like they just work so well together. So I'm hoping for some tweaks, Jim. I I am with you. I think, and you you mentioned you have to now after losing 11 7 to the worst team. You have to. I'm not saying full out blender, but I, I, I am. I'm surprised. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing Just with you. Just try things out, but then who's to say you can't put the the divorcee musty goyet out? Let's say third period, you got ozone draw off an icing. Yeah, that's when you said. Dude, you sound educated today. Wow. Well, it's just, it's just Birthday. the game is. It's, it's kind of easy when you have those players. When, you know those what I mean? weapons. You yeah. can send out whoever you want. After but, an icing and stuff. I like but that, But then Jim. that way, you know, those teams don't get a look at that line the entire night. You know what I mean? Then, I don't know. To me, it's it's easy. It's, it's And it holds scary. them accountable if they're on different lines a little bit too, Chim, is to get off the ice. I can't believe some of the shift lengths. And you mentioned that earlier. It drives yeah. me insane. Yeah. Insane. Because some other guys in your second and third and fourth line see the ice two shifts in a period. Yeah. You can't get into the game as a player. Yeah. You can't. Especially this deep of a team. Like when you're taking when you're taking a two minute shift, you're taking shifts away from an NHL draft pick on your fourth line. Or that, an away like, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, a, in, yeah. A, in in lines that are producing and getting the other team hemmed in their own defensive zone, not like the way to beat this team that I've seen, and, and again it's a it's a limited group in this last few games, is hem that first line into the defensive zone uh, and then exactly. shut them down if, offensively. But you're probably getting your own cookies selfishly. Because that that line won't play defense, so then you're you you can cycle it and rim it around, and like you're probably going to get a couple talks just against that one line. But plus minus wise, I think we we're talking about it in the eleven seven game. You don't notice it because it, you know they are the most talented team or they most scored, uh, they scored talented line. Times. Yeah, so you don't notice it, but like, are you really helping your hockey team if you you, you score seven times but you're on the ice for seven goals against like? I don't know. I like, think everyone just got to buy into what whatever team. But I also man, think I, like, it's... hey, hey, we're we're three games in. You know, yeah, you lose eleven seven. That sucks. But you know, reality check now. I guess there's lots of time. 
I don't think there's any panic. Um, no, just no. there's just there's just some minor changes to make to make this whole thing flow. Um, and I think you just you be creative. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any panic right now. Um, you just got to work with it. Listen, the Windsor Spitfires last year after loading up, I think lost two or three games the entire rest of the second half post deadline and got swept in the first round. So I'd rather face a little adversity now. Like look at the Peterborough Peets guys. The Peterborough Peets stunk. They stunk last year. The Wolves were beating them in the regular season. That team was not gelling. And then playoffs, they just flipped the switch. They were able to figure it out. So and I hope it's the uh, same, but it'd be a complete waste if it's, I don't know what goes on. If it's something yeah, in that room. Tom, you're talking like uh, there's 27 games left. Yeah, no, but you just ripped time. on them. Now you're like, there's time. But, Jim, you got to click. Yeah, it's got to click I'm, eventually, I'm not, man. I'm not saying I'm ripping on them. There's just some changes you got to make, some easy changes. It's easy fixes. I, think I, don't know about, the, I don't know about easy. No, man. that that D zone ain't it right now either. Though I think it's yeah. more than we but, think. Yeah, but I think you're being a little, uh, you're being a little harsh, is what I'm saying. Jim, they gave up five plus goals every time we're in the building. Look I, at I think, I think, I still think you're being a little, uh, a little harsh. That's all I'm saying. If I mean, the reason the they don't do well in the playoffs, it's because they're D zone. That's that's all I will say. Well, yeah, it's, anyone can tell you that. Well, it but could be the, other reasons too, though. Tom, on the back end, you bring in three new names that are going to play big. Fine, games. okay, yes, like, yes. I think, I think on that side, it'll take them some time. What I think we're all saying around the table, you got to make tweaks now because you're running out of time to make those tweaks. The last 10, 15 games, you're not changing up your lines. Like you shouldn't be changing up your lines significantly. I, I and you need to know in your last 10 games who your starting goaltender is in the playoffs. Because if they're in the same position they are right now, where it could be any three of these guys. We're doomed. You're, you're, we're do- you're like, <laughs> you never well, the know. Goaltending, you never the goaltending know. is a problem. It's, That's it's why I said pick one guy and he's playing for, I don't care, two weeks a month, he's your guy. Sorry. I I think, I and I think out of anybody, it's going to be Vandenberg. That's what I, I agree. I agree. And I'm, good thing they made that trade. That's That's where I'll leave it at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, other news uh, here, I think um, I think that's pretty much it uh, for the OHL. If we want to take a look at league leaders here uh, for points, Anthony Romani of North Bay and Hunter Brustowitz are uh, tied here for 67 points. Barkey uh, right behind him with 64 um, and Rakoff with 63. And keep in mind, Rakoff hasn't played a ton. Rakoff has 37 goals this year. He's leading uh, the team in goals. I mean, Kitsch, without a doubt, is uh, the team to beat. And it's not even close, in uh, in my opinion. So they have absolutely, they have it all. They have it all. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens here. Any uh, Anything else, guys? No. I didn't know. Well, those two guys from North Bay, man. I wouldn't want to play them either, though, Jim. We we were really not focusing too much on North Bay, but if they have two league guys like that and a good goaltender, we know we have they have in Dom. Like, I don't want to touch those guys in the playoff. Birdie, yeah, Birdie was said it on trade deadline day. When's the last time that you got all your northern teams? Kind of all, all three of them can kind of make a little push they're for in it here and make a they're run. In it. Yeah, they're all in they're it. In it. Never really sure. happens. So, yeah. yeah. That's really all I got. Good, good snapshot of the Wolves, though. That was good. 
Um, okay, on to the NOJHL. Uh, we have um, Timmins, Hurst, Powassan, and Iroquois in the east. Blind River and Sudbury are tied for first in the west. Espinola, Sioux, T-Birds, and Sioux Eagles to follow there. Um, in terms of uh, moves out of the NOJHL, the Cubs made some big moves. Nolan Newton's coming back to the Cubs and most notably Ethan Larmont who got traded from so he got let go from the Wolves went to Halifax who's a wagon got traded at the deadline from the Mooseheads to Shawinigan who's one of the worst teams in the QMJHL and the Cubs I guess offered to bring him back and he is coming to play and go on a run here with uh, with the Cubs um, uh, in Sudbury so I mean, you got to think the Cubs are going to make an absolute run out of this right now. Um, the Blind River Beavers are on a 17-game heater. They even won 17 games straight. I did so see that. Watch out. Here's the one thing I'll say about Larmond. Now, I hate talking about anyone getting hurt on the Wolves or injuries. If an OA goes down, is he coming in? Can that very well happen? the rates work. No. No, it wouldn't work like that because Shawinigan would have his rights. They'd have yes. to like do a little cash deal, but they can't. It's past the deadline now, right? No. Okay. No, his rights are gone. Okay. His rights so what happens if an OA goes down? Like that's definitely, you just play with what you got? Yeah. Uh, no, you can call up from your affiliates. You can't get another OA though, Tom, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. You can't make a move, no. No, no, no. I know I'm, I'm not saying a move. I'm saying, well, you like, like Larman's in your nose, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. Okay, well, the, hey man, the Cubs are no joke, and even getting Newton back—that's that's that's dangerous. Very. And he's familiar with question, the team, though, Tom. Thanks, yeah. bud. I I, I no, generally I wonder don't know the answer. If they if Larmond was their property theoretically, and he was down in the NOJHL, I do. I think because he's a a roster. I don't know. I think you're only allowed three aways on your roster, like contracted after the deadline. I think that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. hey, man, he played in the league. He's no joke if he was to come in for someone that got hurt, if that was an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's a good question. Though. Yeah, Blind River Be- Beavers, 17 in a row. Yeah, expect a, expect a text 3 p.m. Thursday when our insiders are listening. He will text yeah. us to clarify. A full novel. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. thanks, Brady. <laughs> 100%. Um, all right, folks. Uh, with that, we are going to go and send it off to our interview. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a journeyman of hockey from Sudbury, Ontario. This person put up 270 points in 252 games with the Oshawa Generals and won an OHL championship during his time there. He was drafted twice as per elite prospects, once in the 1998 NHL draft by the Calgary Flames and by the Phoenix Coyotes for a second time in the 2000 NHL draft. From there, he spent four years playing in the AHL and ECHL, then went overseas playing in Italy, Norway, Germany, Korea, and the Netherlands. This year, he joined the Subbury Wolves as an assistant coach. And boy, Tom, did he pick a good year to hop on the staff. Please welcome <laughs> Brent Govro to the B2B podcast. How are we doing? Thanks, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me and bringing back a lot of good memories there for sure. <laughs> 
absolutely well, hey, chime him in. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. more more to come. Did you did you make the trip this past weekend with the Wolves? And how much have you missed the bus, Brent? I I did not make the the, the trip this okay. weekend. I definitely spent half my life on on the old <laughs> Iron Lung the the bus. But I'm fortunate that uh, yes, I do all the home games and some of the the road games but uh but yeah with with the the family and kids and yeah and uh my my day job i don't have to make all of the road games but definitely i follow closely online and and track it on tv so so yeah that was a long one down to sarnia and windsor so so yeah mm -hmm. I, I stayed home with the family this weekend yes family and we, we've had some of the boys on the show i think we we're at four or five guys from from the wolves yeah. um right obviously on. good friends with maddie may who's the goalie coach with you guys right now as well did you tell any of the boys you were coming on the show no i haven't had a chance to <laughs> to, to chat with them about it but it's kind of cool I, I definitely know you guys have done a lot of great things and after after you had reached out i kind of yeah. looked it up a little bit and yeah i saw there's a lot of a lot of good guys you've had on the the, the podcast, uh, Landon McCallum, and I know uh, DJ was on it for a bit as well. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we'll definitely have to have a chat about that when I see them at practice tomorrow. For sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get uh, into it, Brent, I, I, I senior league prospects, I want to ask, what's the jersey yeah. collection like at home? Oh Do man, you yeah, like you say, I was definitely a journeyman. And I, I, I love the game. I love playing. So I was fortunate to have a lot of great adventures all over the place, but uh, I must have 13 or 15 jerseys in there. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with them all, but right now they're just collecting dust in the closet. So, <laughs> so going back to the start, Brent, like why did you get into hockey? Were there any other sports and like kind of run us through what made you choose with hockey basically full time? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause I have, kids now i have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old and they're starting to get into to sports so it's it's funny i chat with chat with my dad about back in the day when i was their age and just kind of how how it was for me when i was a kid and I've, i have two brothers as well an older brother and younger brother but he's, he just said brent by the time you we were two or three years old that's that's all you wanted to do was hockey and whether it was just mini sticks in the basement or we were fortunate we had a uh we lived we lived off of York Street, so we were close to Riverdale Playground. That was basically right in the back backyard. So I'd go there with my brothers all the time and and uh, and play on the outdoor rink. But uh, but between hockey and soccer and a little bit of downhill skiing, that that was definitely a, a busy kid. And uh, eventually, hockey went out to all the other sports out there. Yes, and I I want to ask yeah, about uh, oh go go ahead, Jim. Yeah. That's go that ahead. Riverdale's your your spot, buddy. That's, that's right where I I live on uh, on on Hillsdale actually so that's uh, that's hilarious that you mentioned that um, no because uh, yeah because Riverdale used to walk there all the time and and uh, and play it's still one of my favorite ODRs. So, hey, yeah, you still go uh, there and so... snap it, buddy. You teach oh, all the yeah, young absolutely. kids how to make a breakout pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Alex, we must have slashed each other at, at some point out on Riverdale. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I so, wanted to well, ask yeah. about um, so the year before. The OHL for you, Brent, 92 points in, in the Great North Major League. I like to ask about it because I play in that league as well. Like, what did you enjoy most about that league and and or the travel? Like, the away rinks in that league is is absurd, in my opinion. So what do you remember most about that time? Oh, I love it. That That's that's when hockey really took off for me. And I was always a Coppercliff guy. I played, played okay. most of my minor hockey out in Coppercliff. And then uh, I guess we were thinking about coming over to to Sudbury at that point and I was I was 14 and 
it, you know, I mean, back, back then it was, there, there wasn't as much ice time in spring tournaments and summer ice. So when, when the ice got back into the arenas in August and September, it was just trying to, trying to get out on the ice and trying to get uh, as much ice time as you could before, before the seasons kicked off. So I just went out with, with the, uh, the U18 AAA team, just, just to get, uh, to get the legs going a little bit and get back in shape before, I think I was planning on going back to major Bantam and maybe uh, making the move over to Sudbury AAA with the major Bantam team. But, but I was fortunate to, to make the team uh, that year. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So you had, you had a lot of the same teams that are there now, Campus Casing and Timmins and New Lisker. And I think even Kirkland Lake had a team back then and obviously North Bay and the Sioux. But the, uh, the road trips were fantastic, especially going up to Cap in the Palace. And <laughs> they used to sell their, their season tickets out of the Palace. And I, I was up there with, with my, my scouting two or three years ago as mm -hmm. well. And they're, they're still going strong up in Cap at the Palace and they still get great support up there. And then obviously you have the old McIntyre arena in Timmins, which is a legendary place. So, so yeah, a lot of great memories. I played two years in, in the, uh, the great North midget league. And uh, that's when hockey really started to, to take off for me. For sure. And you mentioned taking off, obviously we'll, we'll move into to the OHL draft. And I know, OHL draft gets a, a lot more hype uh, nowadays with the with social media and, and everything. But you know, was this the route you kind of were were headed on and wanted to go on and and take us through the draft? Was Oshawa, you know, um, the team? You know, you had a feeling you were going there, or were there any other teams that uh, you chatted with? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, like you say, it wasn't as like I feel for the kids now. Like it's so much pressure, and they're they're. Uh u16 year and, and even the nhl draft now like there's there's so much more exposure and so much more pressure i find on the kids so it, when i was playing it was it was just for fun i i loved it i couldn't get enough of it and then 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 sure enough it's 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 draft year and you remember kind of hearing from guys like uh dougie benama who had uh quite quite the run i know he just just stepped back from from central scouting last year but uh but you just hear from guys like Dougie Benam that maybe I'm on the draft list and uh, maybe there is an opportunity and, and was, was fortunate to have some, some good years when I did play for, for Sudbury, it was called the, the Nickel Capitals back then. But, uh, but I, I had my heart set on being drafted by the Wolves, to be honest, but no they, kidding, broke my heart. they took a guy by the name of Louis Blackbird and, instead of me and, and Norm Millie, of course, in the first round and Louis Blackbird in the second round. So I was a bit heartbroken, but but it worked out great getting picked by by Oshawa, and uh, yeah, like you say, I, I was fortunate to be on some good teams there, and we won a championship there. And it, it, it was probably a blessing in disguise to to move away from Bohm and get that experience with Oshawa because it is such a like like a, all all of the organizations in the OHL now, Oshawa is it's definitely right up there with with one of the best in the league. So. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I believe it was your rookie year uh, that that you uh, won the OHL championship. So I guess like take us through that whole run. You know, like you mentioned, you moved away for the first time, then you go all the way um, with the team. I think you guys only lost twice in the playoffs. So um, obviously a, a solid squad. So take us through that whole run. Yeah, no, it was it was quite the experience for sure, and. Uh... Yeah, I, I remember when I did get drafted by by Oshawa. Like you, you don't even know if you're gonna make the team. So even even at the draft, you go down, and you get your hat, and you get the jersey. And we had an old school coach by the name of Bill Stewart. I'm sure if you 
you look that name up, you'll you'll uh, <laughs> you'll realize that he he was quite the the legend in his own right. But you, you get the draft jersey, take a few pictures, and then after after the pictures are done, he says, "Brent, you, you got to give the jersey back. You, it's not yours. You got to come to camp and earn it." So so yeah, you show up at camp, and uh, there's lots of good players there. But I, I was fortunate to to make the team, and then once you make the team and you look around and you see guys like Dan Hynode and and Mark Savard and Brian Allen, just, just to name a few, you, you realize that you are with a pretty talented group. And and Billy Stewart was a fantastic coach, and we really gelled as a team and had a great regular season, but uh, but really had a fantastic playoffs as well and beat Ottawa in the finals and had the experience of of playing in the Memorial Cup as well. Yeah. So, so, so it was a ton of fun and uh, and uh, really great experience for myself. What was your role that year as a rookie? Obviously, you know, tough for coming in, but what was your role for a team that went all the way? Yeah, so I, I was always a centerman, but uh, as, as most young kids find out, the center is a tough position to play, especially as a 16-year-old in the league. So I, I moved over to, to right wing. I guess I played a little bit at, at center, but, but I did play most of the games. I can't remember exactly, but I, I only missed a handful of games. I think I, I broke my wrist that, that year as well, but I, I, I was lucky that I, I played most of the games and I was a fourth liner and maybe third line the odd time. Not a whole lot of power play time, but, uh, but basically my role was just to, to give Mark Savard some, some rest once in a while and go out there and make sure that I, <laughs> I don't get scored on and uh, just kind of play my part that way and chip in with a little offense if I could, but it was, it was mostly just to uh, get out there and not get scored against and make sure Mark Savard had enough rest so he could go back out there and get his 170 points or whatever he had. <laughs> oh, that, that is uh, unreal. And, um, you know, talk about, this year, uh, especially kind of, you know, you, you've been a winner, you've won, you know what it takes to win. And you see a lot of teams here in the O, uh, obviously loading up for, for a big run uh, here. But I guess, you know, what were some of the key factors that, that took to win um, at that level? And uh, I don't know if you have a ring um, to, to flash around uh, the boys in the dressing <laughs> room, if you've brought that out yet, but maybe you'll be saving it for playoffs. But yeah, take us, uh, take us through that. That's actually, that's a great idea. I am going to have to get the dust off that thing and bring it into the dressing room in a, in a few months. Probably doesn't even fit my pinky finger at this point, but I'll, I'll find <laughs> it and I'll bring it in. But as you say, there's so many good teams. There's so many talented players. And, and as, uh, as I'm sure you've noticed and everybody's noticed that we have, we have no shortage of, of talent this year. It's incredible how skilled these guys are and, and how, how talented they are. And it's such a it's such a fine line between winning and losing, and especially in the playoffs. And uh, as we know, there's always lots of ups and downs and adversity. And it's 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 easy for everybody to uh, to like it's it's easy when you're winning and everybody's happy. But in playoffs, there's a ton of ups and downs, and you're going to be down in games. You're going to be down in series. So just from all the experiences I've had, it it, it always comes back to just your team chemistry. And, and just the, the character and the leadership and the team chemistry in the dressing room and just really believing in, in what we're doing as a team and just being predictable to each other. We have our system, we're working with it all the time. So when times are tough, everybody just just needs to, 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 to buy into that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, you, you can't get too excited. You can't get too down, but you just need to 
to stick with the program and and trust in each other and, and leadership and character and team chemistry really really comes to the forefront when when uh, it's tough sledding in playoff time yeah I, does that calm you down a little bit there alex alex is a super fan I, brent so it's uh <laughs> that's good yeah yeah no i'm buying in now too but we're alex all bought is, in we're all yeah, bought yeah, in. we're all bought it in. we're all bought in. <laughs> i wanted to ask about um obviously it's a huge privilege to play in the ohl and you got awarded to be captain of the Oshawa generals in 1999 2000 years so what was that feeling like and how do they kind of tell you about it yeah it was amazing and uh what made it even more special was it was and I know some coaches do like like to pick their own captains. Others kind of like to have the the team vote on it. So this was uh, the team voted on it. So it was a privilege for me to uh, to to kind of get that recognition from my peers. And uh, yeah, re- really cool, especially with great organization like Oshawa to be named the captain. And uh, yeah, it's just a great opportunity. Everybody kind of goes through it when they're 16, 17, and there's, there's new younger guys coming in. So when I was 19, it, it's, it's really great to be able to uh, have experienced those, mm-hmm. those first couple of years and then be able to kind of uh, learn from that. And then, uh, and, and then kind of share with, with some of the younger guys coming in. So, so yeah, I mean, you do what you do on the ice, but it's that extra responsibility off the ice uh, working with the team and in the community. And, uh, it, it, it's, it was really a privilege for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like playing in Sudbury for the first time coming back home, um, to the old bar and everyone knows how, uh, you know, distinct that arena is and <laughs> the wolf on the wire, you know, did guys on the team hate the wolf on the wire and around, uh, around the league, but yeah, take us through, uh, uh, that whole experience. No, it's it's such a cool place, and obviously I'm a little biased growing up here and being a super fan myself back in the day, and, <laughs> and again now, obviously. But it's it's a special place. I I've, I tend to agree that most of the, uh, the the teams and players around the league think it's a pretty cool arena. Still, like all the other ones, you get your cookie cutter arenas, and uh, the the Sudbury Arena has a ton of character, and that. The wolf on the wire that that comes out. It's uh, everybody. Everybody knows about the the wolf, and uh, to be a Sudbury guy coming back and and playing at the Sudbury Arena in front of family and friends. It was always a uh, it's always a pretty cool experience. And I remember I had a couple of overtime winners the first couple of years when I when I came in. So that that was that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, a great experience for me as a Sudbury kid to come in and play in such a historic building at the Sudbury Arena. Yeah, I know that's unreal. We noticed that a lot of Sudbury boys that come back do very well. Um, <laughs> it's at, extra at motivation, way. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, love yeah. To come back and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, moving on to to your pro career, um, we mentioned um that you got drafted twice uh, in the NHL draft, so kind of rare, um, uh, around uh, around the league. And so, take us through, you know, uh, both experiences in '98 and uh, 2000. Yeah, no, really, really cool, and uh, and like I mentioned earlier, like the the even like the OHL draft and the NHL draft, it, it didn't it didn't get as as much exposure as it as it does now. So you're just kind of doing your thing and and trying to get better every day and and coming to the rink and focusing on uh, playing well and getting some points and winning some games and being a good teammate. And then next thing you know, there's some draft lists that that come out and uh, I was lucky to play in the, uh, the CHL top prospects game. So things started to, to heat up a little bit with, with that. And, and 
Calgary was one of my favorite teams growing up as a kid as well. So it was really, really neat to get uh, my name called by the, the Calgary Flames. And, and then I obviously went back to Oshawa, played a few more years there. And, uh, and I, we were negotiating with, with Calgary and kind of working on a contract with them, but, uh, but they ended up switching their, their scouts and they fired their GM and mm. they just had a complete overhaul of their organization. And uh, which, which was, which was unfortunate because I was hoping to sign a contract with them, but unfortunately it, it didn't work out. And then I was planning on going back and playing an, an overage year uh, back in, back in Oshawa and had no, no idea that uh, my name was going to get called again at the draft. And I, I was even just playing golf the, the day of the draft. I, I went to the, the draft in Buffalo in 1998 when I was drafted by Calgary, but the, uh, the second time around, I was just playing, playing golf with my brothers and then got a, got a phone call from Bobby Smith later in the day. I think it was on the, the back nine by then, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of cool to, to get, uh, get a phone call from Bobby Smith and get drafted by the coyotes. Yeah. That's okay. insane. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how's the golf game? Well, it's terrible now. It used to be okay <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with kids and work and everything Before else. Kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a camp as well. So most of our time in the summer is spent out on Lake Panage. So the golf game was taking a backseat, but uh, <laughs> I can't pretend to have ever been a great golfer. Right? I didn't slow anybody down, but uh, but no, I'm more of a camper slash cottager now. There you sure. go, love it, and love it. So the start of your pro hockey career, spending four years between the AHL and the ECHL. Like how much of a grind was it getting sent up and down between league to league and like from team to team? No, it's an awesome question. That's one of the messages I try to relay to all the, all the, all the players now is that you, you have to absolutely love the game. And I, yeah. I did, like just from an early age, like I mentioned, I, I loved it. And there's there, you're going to get injured. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to get traded. You're going to, you're, you're going to, get uh get sent down to the minors and up and down all over the place and and to me it was just another another cool experience all the different uh adventures that i that i had but uh but but yeah it, i mean it is a grind you're on the bus these guys are pretty spoiled in the nhl they just get the private jet all over the place <laughs> but we, we have a good time on on the bus and you play some cards and i, I don't even know what the, the kids do at the back of the bus now but we always enjoyed it <laughs> our bus trips and your, your, uh, your travel all over the place. And we had, we had the old sleeper buses back in the day too. So I remember oh, yeah. one, one bus that we had, we walked on at the beginning of the year and our owner had just bought this, this, uh, this sleeper bus. And I remember he was telling us about, it and I thought it was going to be brand new, like kind of high end everything. And, and we walk on and I mean, it was a cool bus, but you could see there was a, a sign at, at the front that had like the three next stops. So it had number one, next stop, second stop, third stop. <laughs> and then we found out a month later, it, it used to be Motley Crue's old tour bus. No way. So, oh, I mean, you imagine if you take a black light for that thing, which was, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, those buses are pretty cool. And they leather couches and they all fold into the sleeper beds and there's TVs and card tables and everything that you need. So we, we spent a lot of time traveling all over the place, but, uh, but to answer your question, I wasn't a grind for me because I loved it. And I loved yeah. being a, a teammate with everybody and just kind of hanging out with them and traveling all over the place. So, so it was a lot of fun. Okay. And the people you meet, like it must be insane. Kind of the network you've gotten out of 
hockey traveling all over the place. It must be crazy. Yeah, for sure. I was fortunate to to play play all over the place. So so yeah, definitely keep in touch with a lot of a lot of good people all over the place still. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what would you say, Brent, the biggest difference is from, you know, your time in the OHL playing to pro hockey? Yeah, I'd say the biggest difference is just you're you're on your own, right? So you have yeah. like I had a fantastic family that I lived with in Oshawa. I still still keep in touch with with the Babiak family to the to this day. But uh but then then you're on your own. So you're figuring out how to cook for yourself and and do your own grocery shopping and just kind of organizing and planning things and uh just get getting yourself organized. So you 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 do you do grow up just in general when you when you leave home and go play junior, but that much more when you when you uh, go play pro as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and moving on to to going overseas now, you know what was made you, uh, what what made you uh, want to go over to Europe, and how did you land in Italy to start it all off? Yeah, another great question, and it's it's always tough, right? Because you're it's not for certain, but you're pretty much giving up on your NHL dream when you do decide to to head overseas across the pond, and I I just felt like I had given it everything I had, and I. I never took it for granted. I always, I always trained hard in the summertime, and uh, I always, always worked hard all, all winter. And it, it had been about four or five years, and I was trying to get up there in training camp and exhibition games every year, but, but I, I just wasn't quite there. So, so there was uh, a phone call that that came in from, it, yeah, like a, it was just a, a friend of a friend that. Uh, that uh, knew me and put a good word in for me. Then next thing you know, I got a, my, my agent set me up with somebody over in Sweden. And then I was getting more calls from teams over in Europe. And we, we had kind of chatted about if there was opportunities to go over there, I, I would be interested in chatting about it and, and uh, considering it. And it, it just seemed like a good fit to, to go over to, to Italy. And it was a good opportunity. There was uh, another greater Sudbury boy by the name of Sean Blanchard that, that I played with over in Italy. So there's a bit of a connection there and, and no regrets. Again, you definitely give up on the NHL dream to, to a certain extent, but, uh, but I, I just felt like I was at the point in my career where I had given it my best shot and the window of opportunity gets smaller and smaller. And every year there's nine more guys drafted or seven or whatever it is now and younger guys coming in. And uh, so it just, just felt like a good time for me to, to, to jump across the pond yeah and i mean you played in some w- wicked places uh what was like i guess the the atmosphere of uh how different was the hockey um <clears throat> over there for you yeah i guess the biggest thing i learned quickly is just how many good hockey players there are out there and how many leagues there are like when you're in north america you just have your blinders on the tunnel vision and the two or three leagues and in north america but when you go over to to Europe it's uh that there's a ton of great passionate hockey fans over there and I mean like I say there's a ton of great hockey players everywhere but it is is a different different style so it's obviously the the Olympic size rinks it's not quite as physical so it's a bit easier on the body and well supported by by the fans especially when I played over in in Germany they really love their hockey there and um it's similar to to the football slash soccer culture they don't they don't play music in between whistles it's just singing and chanting and flares going off all over the place and half the wow. arena is over there they 
they're they're outdoor like they got they have a roof and they have stands but the, the ends can be open and so so it's it's a really neat uh really neat atmosphere and not to mention a great lifestyle over there as well Mm -hmm. oh yeah no kidding no kidding so from italy to a cup of coffee in norway but i want to ask about germany because those were your best years like what what was the confidence like for you and how are those two years for you Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. And uh, we lived in a place called Regensburg, which is a beautiful place. It's uh, it's a college town and a place that wasn't touched by the war at all over in in, uh, in Germany as well. And we we were we were spoiled. So we lived right downtown. And you, I mean, you can imagine all the the beautiful architecture and buildings downtown, and cool bars and cool cafes and. and restaurants and uh we they set us up with nice little flats nice little apartments and then they give you the keys to your 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 team vehicle as well and we were we were spoiled we had alfa romeos so we we're driving driving <laughs> around alfa romeos over in germany and the arena was brand new they get seven seven to ten thousand fans every game and just just a beautiful spot and Every European league has different import rules, of course. So some you're allowed two imports, some you're allowed six, eight, ten. And Germany, you were allowed eight imports. So we had, Okay. I think, seven Canadians and and one Swede on the team. So so it's easy to kind of get along with everybody, and everybody speaks English as well. And uh, my my second year playing over there, I actually had uh, had Leon Dreisaitl's dad was my coach, so Peter Dreisaitl. So Leon used to rip around the dressing room a little bit and uh, we'd kind Come of on. throw tape balls at him every once in a while. So <laughs> oh that, my yeah, god. it was kind of neat to have Peter Dreisaitl, Leon's dad, as, as my coach, but uh, but definitely some good good years over in Germany. But but unfortunately, uh, we just lost a ton of sponsors and, and that's just the way it is in European hockey sometimes, especially in, in Germany. The it's it's real, it's not so much driven. by just the, the the ticket sales it's it's more just on sponsors and uh we were supposed to have a great team we were underperforming so we we lost a ton of our sponsors and then then the league the, then the team dropped two or three leagues and then uh basically they had to build it back up again and that's that's why we ended up leaving germany Wow, it's no more uh, it's in no more different. fancy cars went by right back. <laughs> yeah no no no. kidding so yeah <laughs> it was uh that's too bad to lose the alpha male <laughs> uh, we gotta ask about Korea, because uh, you know it. You see, you know Europe, absolutely. That's like you know the next spot for hockey. But Korea is, you know, a, a rare place. We, we'd say, um, but I guess you know, how did you land there, and, and what was it like playing in Korea? Yeah, so that was an unbelievable experience as well. The the Asian Hockey League, and I don't know, maybe I heard about it a little bit before, but I uh, just got a phone call from my agent one summer, and th this is my tenth or eleventh year playing pro at at this point. So so yeah, it was uh, it, it it was a great opportunity, and to be honest, it was one of the most lucrative contracts that I ever signed, and I thought, well, I can. I, maybe there's only a handful of years that I'm going to continue to play. So, so why not go and, and have that experience as well? And there's there, I believe there are seven or eight teams in Japan, a couple in Tokyo and then five or six scattered throughout Japan. There was one in, uh, in Shanghai, China, and then there's two teams in Korea. So one of the teams I played for was high one in, in Korea, but just a wild experience. So You, you fly in there there's somebody waiting at the airport with with flowers for you 
And uh, I had my own personal translator whenever I needed to go just get groceries or doctor's oh appointment God. or whatever, just phone up your translator. They come pick you up. And I mean, in Europe, everybody speaks English, but different different story over in, in Korea. And it was right in Seoul. So it's, uh, I think, 20 million people, but probably another 20 million that are unaccounted for. So probably living in a city of 40 million people. And I remember like looking at my contract and thinking, geez, I usually get like a, a, a like a, a team vehicle for all the other teams I've played for. And I, I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm not a, I'm not a very high maintenance guy, but I just said, is there like a team vehicle or how does that work? And I said, Brent, believe, believe me, you don't, you don't want a vehicle living in, in Seoul, Korea. The traffic is, is outrageous and you're better off just taking the subway and uh, just wow. kind of jumping in with, with somebody else whenever you can, but really, really cool experience. And we spent most of our time in Japan. So cool to, to experience that in Tokyo. And uh, yeah, it's really, really neat experience for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. Wild. wild. We might, uh, we might have Brent on for 10 straight weeks, Monday nights, Jim, just to get the stories. Yeah, of Just stories, <laughs> stories galore. Yeah. You could write a book. You could start your own podcast if you ever wanted to. <laughs> Brent, it's unreal. Uh, yeah. But uh, one story um, we uh, we have to ask. Uh, we heard about a, a time when you played. I'm not sure where it was, where the uh, nets got stolen pre warm up. Um, oh man, yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy when you think about it, right? And that just wasn't one time; that was multiple times. But Come like on. <laughs> now, it's like a five hundred dollar fine if you are like a whisker over the the red line in, in warm up. But you think back to like the old Western League. And it was so crazy back then that these these teams couldn't even warm up at the same time, right? Like you had the visiting team that would warm up first for 20 minutes. Then the home team would come on and, and warm up. And I guess we weren't as crazy in the OHL at that point. We actually warmed up at the same time. But there was multiple times where we'd come into a visiting arena. Like Windsor and Sarnia were probably two of the worst, to be honest. They always just had a a goon squad with with those two teams and even london back then but you'd go out for warm-up in in windsor and you wouldn't have a net and you'd look look down and the other that went the spitfires would have two nets down at their end and then their their big tough guy mutant would say you want your net come come and get it so of course turns into a big melee big donny brook and uh but yeah that wasn't just one time that that happened quite a bit back then Oh, oh that's insane that's wild wild yeah. old school man it's crazy um now moving on to the end and we'll kind of transition into coaching here you know deciding to hang him up well you know did you know it was time and and uh what was that transition like you know coming back home here to suds yeah i i played as long as i possibly could and i i i knew i knew it was time i i, I did come back to north america that my one last year and uh, it was a good opportunity for me then. It was, it was actually an old Oshawa General teammate of mine and line mate of mine, Kevin Colley, that was the head coach in, in Utah for the Grizzlies. And he said, Brent, why don't you come back and you can be a player assistant coach and, and still play and uh, kind of get some experience that way as well. But about halfway through that year, I, I, I knew that uh, there's, there's so many younger, faster, skilled players coming up. And and I had also finished my business degree by then as well. It's something I chip away at at Laurentian and uh, 
virtually with Athabasca University over the years. So I, so I had my degree done and uh, I walked into the, the dressing room my, my first day and in, in Utah with the Grizzlies and, and sat down. I'm like 30, 31 at this point. And, and uh, like I could tell right away, everybody's 20, 24. I think the oldest, the second oldest guy was 25. And I sit down in my, my stall and, and there was a guy by the name of Marcus Carroll and fantastic guy and the heart of a lion. But, but anyway, he, he looks at me and looks at my name places and, and he's, he's, he was from Whitby. So right beside Oshawa. And he said, Brent Govro. He said, I used to watch you play for the generals when I was four years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, all right, well, nice to meet you, but don't ever say that again. So, so that's, that's when I started thinking, all right, maybe, uh, maybe this is my last year. And uh, like I said, they're so fast and skilled. And uh, I, I, I had a knee injury that year as well. And I just thought it made a lot of sense to, to hang them up and uh, move back to Sudbury. And I uh, was, was thinking about what, what was next and uh, Sudbury was always home. So it made a lot of sense to, to come back mm. here and get settled. And, and then, yeah, I got back into the coaching a few years after that and then scouting after that and now, now coaching again. So. Yeah, no, it's a well, hell of a career, for, first of all. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you're doing some great things uh, coaching now. And, you know, you coach minor hockey. It was our age group um, that you coached. Yes. I'm not sure if that was the first few teams um, that you coached, but you actually coached against Tom. Yeah, you um, did. I mean, he was on Nickel City at the time. You were coaching the <laughs> 2000s group. So how was that group? Because, there's, you know, Giroux still playing in uh, in Rochester. Uh, a couple guys still uh, kicking at the canyon. So how was that, how was that uh, getting into? No, it was fantastic. And it's such a great group to to work with. Obviously, Barry McCrory and Craig mm -hmm. Mackey. And uh, it was nice to kind of to, to get back and in, involved. And uh, some of the names you mentioned, yeah, I mean, it's such a great group. And uh, you know we had Billy Billy Moskal and Brett Jacklin, just just to name a, a few, and Maddie Dokus Dupuy, and so such such great kids, and worked so hard all the time. So it was a pleasure to to, to spend as much time with them as I could, and obviously playing against Damien all the time. And uh, we'd always always keep our eye out for him whenever we played against you guys <laughs> and you too, Tommy. Thanks, but, Brent. Uh, Thanks, Brent. He made yeah. me look good. There, there's a little cookie there. Yeah, it was good. It was good battles though. Sudbury and Nickel City. We used to uh, have a good rivalry going, but but yeah, that was a ton of fun. And it was just it was just tricky for me because I'm trying to trying to work. We're starting our family, and so like I'm I'm the kind mm -hmm. of guy that I I don't like to do anything half assed So if I'm gonna do it, like I wanted to be there more often. They like. Like C Mac and uh, and Barry just said, no, like Brent, whatever you can make it, it's great. But I I wanted to be there all the time, and it was it was uh, yeah a bit frustrating for me that I I I could only do it part time. But mm -hmm. no, it was uh, it was a great experience for sure, just to get my feet wet with the coaching. No, it's funny you mentioned that, Brent, because I don't even know if I told Jim this because us on the other side, nothing against Barry and Craig, love them both, but it's like when we knew. As the opposing team, when Brent was on the bench, we were in one. It was like an extra wealth of knowledge. If he's not there, it's like, okay, hey, maybe we can manage this. Not like we're coaching at 15 years old, but it's like, hey, we're good. Uh, so C-Max got to love that one. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just there to calm those guys down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was oh, animated, yeah. man. It was, it was a nuts rivalry. But now, like, your friends, like me and Brett are – 
you know, he's, he was the first guest on our show. He's best friends with me and Alex. Oh, His jersey's in the back of Alex's background. That's crazy. Like, yeah. he played yeah, against these guys, but now you, now you become friends. Such a good, good guy and good family. I still play play the beer leagues with his dad Dino so uh oh yeah yeah we have a ton of fun together but it, it was it was a privilege for me to to learn from guys like Barry and, and Craig mm-hmm, for sure yeah so the opportunity with the Wolves like how has it been so far and how did that really come about that was kind of like mid-season yeah like it was so I, I've been I've been scouting with Kingston for the last right. five years and so so again like just just I just didn't have the the time to, to fully commit. So the scouting worked out perfectly because you can kind of set up your own schedule. And there's obviously a handful of tournaments that, that you go to over the years. And I, I love that. that. That was a ton of fun. But, uh, but I mean, everybody, all the hockey people know everybody in, in Sudbury. So, I mean, I, I definitely, definitely knew a lot of the, the, the people involved. And then just from the scouting, just having some, some chats with uh, Rob Papineau over the years as well. And, uh, yeah, it just came up in the summertime and it, uh, it, it started off as kind of just, uh, uh, the, the commitment level was two or three practices a week and the home games and just kind of do what I can. But, but again, it's hard for me not to be involved as, as much as possible. So, so that's, that's kind of evolved over the year as well. But, uh, but yeah, just hockey people, knowing hockey people and then chatting with, with Rob a bit at, at different tournaments o- over the years and through my scouting and just kind of um, having some of those conversations. But it's, it's been a privilege for me to, to, to get in and get started in training camp with the guys this year. And uh, like we talked about at the start, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a talented group and we're, we're doing our best to, uh, to get everybody together and, uh, and, and uh, kind of be, uh, be, be, be firing full throttle when when playoff time comes so mm-hmm, for sure and then the question i wanted to ask about because we basically talked about it all podcasts and when you went with oshawa and, and everyone buying in and kind of gelling like do you and the staff kind of find it a challenge and or like hard to get everyone to buy in well yes and no i mean you wish it was easy but uh but it's it's it, it's a process for sure yeah. it's an everyday thing and it's a building building the culture and just just being consistent and being predictable and and everybody being on on, on the same page and i know it's all old old cliches but uh but they've been around for for a long time for for a reason because it's because it's important so so yeah you, you wish it was easy and you could just walk in the first week and get everybody gelling together but it does take time it does it, it does take that that repetition and continuity over the the weeks and months and it, it's it's starting to come and we just got to stick with it and uh yep. and, and hopefully by the time march and april roll around we're we're uh we're at our very best yeah absolutely um one more for you uh brent before we get into uh our fast five uh for tom sure. and i have coached uh quite a bit as well in minor hockey we're kind of dipping our toes uh into it too but you know what's your philosophy on on dealing with players you know trying to get the best out of them like knowing what what ticks for them and and uh, yeah kind of getting the best out of players so what's your philosophy going around that yeah absolutely and you're absolutely right they're all individuals everybody's different and you can't just treat everybody the same and that is the the biggest challenge is just to find out everybody's motivators and and, and some it's it's easy it's it's uh you just it's kind of uh just kind of stay positive with them others you need to kind of get on a little bit more but everybody's different and uh 
you know, it's just from spending time with people. It's just from communicating, but also from, from using other resources as well. Like there's a lot of uh, coaches that have coached uh, guys in our dressing room over the years. And, and, and uh, a lot of us aren't, aren't shy to, to reach out to old coaches and try to try to figure out what, what the motivators are, what's worked in the past. So so, so yeah, definitely, uh, just like I say, communicating, spending time with people and just really being genuine and being human and, and kind of having kind of just, just, uh, just genuine conversations with people, but at the same time using other resources as well to try to put it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, you're, you're absolutely right for sure. Um, okay. We're going to go to our fast five now here, Brent, and then we'll let you off the, uh, off the hook here. So right uh, five, five rapid fire questions, uh, whatever comes to the top of your head, let it rip. And, uh, cool. I will send it off to Tom here. Okay. What's your favorite thing about the Sudbury arena? The wolf, of course. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you were to be professional in any other sport other than hockey, what would it be? Golf. Oh yeah. Good answer there to too. And all you do is travel around to beautiful locations and play golf all day. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite arena you've played in other than Sudbury? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, let me think. It's definitely not Belleville because they used to have an arena that was, and I know this isn't really rapid fire, but no, it's it was okay. like that's a, yeah. 300 by 200. Like it was, <laughs> way bigger than olympic size and they used to smoke us every game but uh i'd have to say peterborough just because oshawa peterborough had such a great rivalry and we always yeah. had some heated battles okay okay so this one we got from craig so what does it mean when a goalie has a quick belly <laughs> <laughs> i always i always say pick a corner this goalie has a really fast stomach <laughs> that's good that's good and the last one what's your favorite Sudbury restaurant oh there's so there's so many but it's, it's got to be respect yeah nice. and yeah, Alibaba as well the whole in the wall place Alibaba is one of my favorites too yeah okay very good yeah I love it love it awesome yeah. um well listen Brent thanks a lot uh, for coming on to the podcast and and chatting with us your story is unbelievable and we absolutely peppered you with questions so uh, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on and uh, and giving uh, your knowledge to the boys here and can't wait for people to listen to this best of luck for the rest of the season you know we'll uh, we'll be there watching game in and game out so uh, best of luck and uh, yeah thanks a lot for coming on Awesome thank you Alex thanks Tommy thanks for letting me relive a lot of great memories so it's been fun <laughs> Awesome yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, we are going to send it off now to our four-pack, uh, which was uh, our favorite Sudbury Wolves of all time. Um, enjoyed, folks, and we will uh, chat after that. Okay, Ms. Simone, it's four-pack time. We have a doozy of a four-pack, and as the winner of last week, is that confirmed, Jim? Confirmed? Yep. Okay, great. Uh, I will not only tell you what the four-pack is, but I will be setting the order. <clears throat> so the four-pack this week, we've had heavy debates sitting in the stand, uh, sitting in the stands at the Sudbury Arena, uh, in the best seats in the house, right behind the bench, 10 rows up. Who our favorite Sudbury Wolf of all time, or our favorite Sudbury Wolves of all time are? And there are some clear guidelines here. So 
yes, there's some legends like Mike Felino, Ron Duguay, the guys that we hear stories of. We didn't see them play. So we are setting the stipulations that you must have seen these players play in a Sudbury Wolves jersey. So more or less, it's basically from 2000 on. I started going to Wolves games 99, 2000, maybe 01. So anything from 2000 and on are in play. For me, for you guys, I don't know. Your little babies. It's probably around 03, 04. Okay. So we'll give you 03. <laughs> Three years old rolling in that arena, HH. Yeah. And uh, with that, is there any other questions? Oh, and no current players. Current players. Gotcha. So okay. past, our favorite past Wolves players from our era. Basically, this is a draft of like our childhood favorite. Yes, that basically watched, that. Basically. So we should all have kind of different lists as well. Okay. Okay. And with that, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go 1 1. Wow. Because wow. I want to make sure I get this this guy. Okay. Uh, Chim's birthday. So I will give Chim the second rock. And then, Tom, you're going back to back jacks. Double D on. on. Okay. okay. Uh, and with my first pick, some people call. Another player, the captain, but my captain of the Sudbury Wolves, Zach Stortini. Yeah. Yeah. 700 Storts. and something penalty minutes. Yeah. This guy played over age year. I swear he probably played every single game that I ever went coached to as a child. The Wolves. He coached the Wolves, hosted a Wolves podcast. He is Just my to, favorite Sudbury Wolf of all time. To, to put it into perspective... Uh, for someone similar to your age, actually, uh, he'll be listening to this. Zach Matheson, he saw Storts at one, a game when he was still coaching, and he went nuts. Storts loved you back in the day. He gave him a fist bump, like so. He was a fan favorite. He was a fan favorite, absolutely. And a northern Good boy. Good pick. He's from Elliott Lake, I think. Let's get him on. Not from Sudbury. Storch. No, I think he was born in Elliott Lake, and then. Came to Sudbury. I'm not 100% positive. We should talk to him, though. That's someone I really enjoyed chatting with on the show. You're right. Uh, but Chim. Uh, born in Elliott Lake. Born in Elliott Lake. You're right. Not a boy, Mace. Okay, Chim, you're up, okay. buddy. Good pick, Mace. I mean, this is easy for me. This is, without a doubt, childhood favorite, um, Marcus Foligno. It's not even close. For me, he wore the C. He was the most electric player, played in the World Juniors, at the time when it was at its peak for me. So uh, Marcus checked a lot of the boxes uh, for me. So uh, we'll go with that uh, with Moose. I got to take this guy, boys. Um, I know I have double picks here. 198 games cleared, played with the set or with the Wolves. First season, where is it here? 0708 mentioned him before. Probably the first guy that I got attached to. Give me Eric O'Dell. Oh, great pick, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Probably cool. my favorite. Like, Jim, you mentioned Marcus. Like, one guy I was attached to probably the whole time. And I wanted to take him later, but I feel like it might not get back to me. More of a, like a recent, so much hype, first overall. Give me David Levin. You don't that like that pick? You don't like that pick? Horrendous nope. pick. No, nope, I like him. 
That is a horrendous pick. How? He was iconic over here, man. Iconic. I, I still remember when they drafted him. He was All a this novelty. Hype. He was yeah, a who, novelty. Hey, hey man, he was. He, <laughs> he was had he a lot of skill. Kid? I love that guy. I love that guy. Give me David Levin. What? It just goes to show uh, Tom wasn't as hardcore as us. Uh, hey, man. He was the rollerblade kid, right? Yes. I wanted him oh to turn God. into something so bad. Yeah, exactly. Tom, man, that's so tough. You picking Connor Burgess so third round? Tough. Yeah, so I am. Tough. Dude, David Levin's a great pick. Don't give me that. I like that guy. Okay. I mean, I think it's just... It'd be rude not to take it. Like, if this guy falls to another pick, like, you, you need to take him. Part of the most historic Wolves team It's Mark Stahl, former guest, captain of the Wolves. Like, just, again, another World Juniors guy. Yep, that's um, a good pick. I mean, yeah, it's a great pick. Sure. I think it's a great pick. Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I I thought you, you could You can't argue Mark Stahl. No, I'm not no, arguing. That's a great pick. I thought I was I don't know why you're yelling guy. at me about David Levin. I thought he was a stud. I mean, a lot of hype for what he produced, yes, but he still played two hundred plus games and first overall. Like you can't I mean it ain't like I picked some fourth liner here, bud. This guy was legit coming over here. Well that's what I'm saying. I would take a couple fourth liners over uh, over okay. David Levin. Okay, but, but hey, this is like, my most all, iconic guys, all man. His favorite players. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. That's fine. That's right. fine. I got a good little And back, I have two. Okay, here. you go. And I still have other good picks, Jim, that will blow you away here, bud. Okay, don't give me that. Uh, Tom, have you ever heard of Nick Felino? Yeah, you can have him. Yeah, I'll take that pick. Please and thank you. Former guest of the yeah. show, loves the pod. Yeah. Iconic, iconic Sudbury Wolf. Even though he he did have a, a tough rapport with the audience at times, with the fans. Fair. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, just especially with his dad as the coach, but he uh, he was a part of Delivered. a nice run. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this name. You guys probably won't even remember this. A decent Montreal Canadian, Benoit Pouliot. Yeah. So good. That's I a love good pick. Benoit. He, he was a top five pick from the Wolves to the NHL. A. Puyot basically ran so Byfield could walk, or walk so Byfield could run. I love the I love Benoit Pouliot. That's a great pick. That's a Thank great you. pick. Okay, let's go a little a little more recent. Um, yeah, HM. That. Yeah. Uh, this guy came uh, as part of a, a a little package. He played a couple years, I think. Um, with the wolves, but he was so sick. Give me Michael Scarbo. Oh, mm. yeah, I love, I love yeah. Michael Scarbo. He 100 and sick. plus point season. Yeah, Jim, great. He's, great still, pick. he's still playing, uh, still playing pro. So he's in the what Washington system? not anymore. Oh, you, I forget who he's playing with now, somewhere in the HR. I think they're good, whatever team he's on is good. So, but uh, but yeah, Mikey Scarbosa, I'll take him. Yeah, great pick. Um, He's playing with Washington, Hershey Bears. He is? Still with Point Hershey. for game guy. It's electric. He played 103 games, Jim Scarbosa, with the Wolves. There you go, buddy. Uh, my next pick, kind of going in the same era as Odell. Give me Nathan Pansell. 
Oh I, yeah, follows the pod too. He was an iconic guy for me. He put up points. Yeah, he was good. And I think, I think, am I back to back here? No. Yeah. Okay. I got to take him. And I might get flack on this one too. And I'm scratching my head as I say it because I got to define the reasoning here. 304 games in the blue and white going toe-to-toe with the Chief Dan Walker. Plays for the UNB Reds. Give me McKelly Carson. I think staple in that Wolves uniform. Can score, can hit, can fight. Basically, he's a northern boy. Northern boy. Wow, he is the leader in games. And games played. played. Thank you. I got him on my list. And David Levin, how's your sister doing? Yeah, not bad. I like my list. My four packs heat. All forwards. I don't care. I, I mean, Tom, it looks good. Yeah, it looks it's a good, good pick. I'm going for more recent guys, so people like people vote for those. I need the votes. I almost drafted one more other person, but I wasn't going to say his name because Jim would have yelled at me for tipping picks. So, Okay. Um, you like my Carson pick, Jim? It's okay. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, it just shows you knowledge on the, on, on the Wolves. Um, 304 games. Mace, you're... No, you, I think... You, I think... Yeah, How was that knowledge? He was there the longest. He was a great. He's a great pick. Um, I'm still kind of hung up on uh, on Dave Levers. How uh, just yeah, but it's fine. It's your opinion. Um, okay, I'm gonna take this guy. Definition of grit, and he's got one memory that's cemented in my mind, and I'll never forget it. Forget it. So give me Justin Sefton, and uh, I'll tell you. And I'll tell you this. Uh, coming. To going to the Wolves game from a hockey practice, running up the stairs to see Justin Sefton going toe-to-toe uh, with, I believe it was David Brohl, um of the Sioux Greyhounds and knocked him out center ice. Iconic. Iconic video. Um, iconic. I, I'll never forget Justin Sefton, the definition of grit. So I'll take him. I'd say that's a decent pick, Jim. Blast from the past, that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah, debating if I'm going to okay. go back to that same team, actually. Oh, man. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. There's a lot of great picks left. I wish Roberto was here to spread this out a little bit more. I, lo- I love my starting four. Four forwards in the power play. I can run the D. Mm. All right, I'm going to go back to the dream team. Uh, Adam Quaid. Oh, my God. Just what a pick. Great pick. That's a good one, Mace. just kind of knew he was going to be there. Not too flashy, but as a goalie, it was always nice watching a, just a great defenseman. Yep. Benoit Pouliot. Great pick too, Mace. You had a good draft. Thank you. Great great draft. Yeah. Um, uh, honorable mention. Yes. I got one here. Uh, you mentioned Mark Stahl. How about his bro? Yep. He got dogged um, a lot by the crowd. I know. Yeah. Did we take a goalie? No one took a goalie. No, no one took Patrick a Patrick Lechner was going to be my goalie. 
Or Kevin Beach. I had three. Three that really stuck out to me was Sebastian Dom, Al Valley Ked, and Andrew Lovrock. Lovrock. I remember the most. You don't like Uko? Kyle Torini was on my list, and he was he was great. Uko, yeah. Uko is the best goalie all Just time. Frankie Pauline right. too. Exactly. What about uh, Danny um, Roche? Oh, yeah. Josh Lebo. Just Frank for Corrado. yeah, Josh Lebo. Just because how quick he was here, though, real deal. Byfield was a good one. I almost went there, but yeah, you, it was a quick stint, but iconic, and he's gonna Nicky play in the. Baptiste. It, Nicky uh, can Baptiste, I have the floor for this one? Yeah, uh, this guy Baptiste. played three games with the Sudbury Wolves, but you unified the city. Kyle Lacoon. <laughs> Who was the other guy you mentioned off air, Mace? Oh, Brody Silk. He was a Brody stud. Silk. The uh, stud. the Pilo twins. Yep. Yeah, I, I almost I almost list. went three and four for them, but <laughs> it would have been you could I would have gave you both. Uh, what about Jacob Holmes? <laughs> yeah, Homer, Homer for sure. Uh, Sokolov, Akeem Alou. I thought you were gonna get mad at me if I chose Sokolov. That's why I went Levin style first. But <laughs> Justin Donati, Matt Diaz, yeah. John Diversa, Randy Carl, yeah. Randy. You tell back. It wasn't in that era, but. Mike Fisher wasn't in that area either. No. There's Bobby a lot Shomar, of good guys, man, that were that, guy. Yeah, that wore the jersey. Matthew Campagna. Frankie Corrado was yeah, who I was going to take instead of McQuaid. Yeah, Frank Corrado. But was, I wasn't yeah. going to games as much in 09 to 13 as I was to up to 07. You want to yeah. run through the draft, Jim? Hey, all these guys were saying I'm still okay with my 11 pick. Like, honestly. Let's uh, run through the teams here. <laughs> Mason went with Zach Sortini, Nick Felino, Benoit, Pouliot, and Adam McQuaid. Good I job. went with Marcus Felino, Mark Stahl, Mike Scarbosa, Justin Sefton. Tom went with Eric O'Dell, David Levin, Nate Pencel, and Macaulay Carson. And that is your four-pack of the uh, our favorite Sabri Wolves Um of all time from the years 2000 to 2018. And that's going to do it for uh, the four pack here, folks. That was the four pack. Ladies and gentlemen on to, uh, we missed it. We missed anything boys. I watched this Netflix show. Robbie, I showed you the trailer when you were over. The now. trailer is so good. What was it? Fool me once. Fool me once. Eight episodes. It's new on Netflix. 2024 edition. I always like to watch those ones where it has a little Netflix logo on the corner. You know it's going to be stock and good. Um, it was pretty dark, but I don't think it was too, too bad, Robbie. But I, I enjoyed it, man. I, I did six episodes on Sunday, and I finished it off on Monday night, two episodes. You already so. finished it? Oh, yeah, man. I just binge Oh, watched. wow. Is it done done now? Or are they? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do a part two. Okay. So just the Coles notes of it, if anyone listening no, wants to, wants to tune it. in. Okay. Just go watch don't the trailer. Fool it. me it's once. So good. Yeah. Um, well, the, the trailer looked good. What was the other news? Oh Seattle. yeah, yeah. Pascal, Jim. I know you're not in the, into the NBA, bud. But the Raptors are doing a little rebuild right now, which is good to see, and they're getting a good return for some of these guys. They let Freddie walk for complete nothing, legit nothing. So I'm happy to see they got some pieces for OG and Pascal now. Oh, Three yeah. first rounders I mean, is is oh. no joke. Are for that guy, Jim. That guy for three first rounders. Take That's it all day. Insane. And they'll be able to flip the Bruce Brown just, as well. So it's all good. They just have had um, not the best drafting uh, record here, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. 
Well, what's Scotty the, was um, Scotty was a layup because he was top five, but yeah. Yeah. What's the deal with the like the Barrett deal? There wasn't any picks in that, eh? Like the OG. No, OG no, I think I no think I don't think so. Maybe yeah, the Raps got a second back with that too. They got a lot, man. Quickly, yeah, that was a good hopefully we'll too. resign. I, I I can see them paying him. And, and this, is, this is the way the Raptors are going to be good. The only way, because no free agents will ever come to them, they have to be able to draft and have draft the capital, which they got. Which is Yeah, awesome. so if they end up re-signing quickly, and then RJ still got a couple of years, and they they will lock up Barnes. So, like, you build your core, you build your team around those three guys. They're young. They're all under, like, 26 years old. That's young, really young. Yeah. So you'll be able to flip Bruce Brown. Like, I, I don't mind it. We'll see. We'll see. It's it a just, quick. Tu- it's a quicker yeah. turnaround than I thought, in my opinion. The Pirtle deal just looks even weirder now. Yeah, like that one, like a first and two seconds for him. He was like, I don't know. They had, they knew what they, he was. Yeah, so he's good. and that first is in San Antonio too. I know it's top five protected, but anyways, yeah, yeah. And he's hurt right yeah. now. So yeah. what else do I got? Uh, I booked uh, my fitting date. I'm getting fitted March second nice. in Toronto for some new golf clubs. It's about time, boys. Nice. So. Jim, tell us about the birthday plans. Oh my God! Nothing what's going on? What's, yeah. what's going on the next 24. couple of days? What do you mean? What's going like nothing <laughs> crazy? Uh yeah. Thursday, uh, when you're listening to this, folks, we're uh, we'll be at Don's. Uh, we got some people coming uh, together here, so that will be fun. Um, I can't remember the last time I've gone together with friends uh, for my birthday, so that'll be fun. Um, and then that night we have our first tune-up skate with BTB Spad Hockey. Uh, most of the guys are coming, uh, which is great. It'll be a good skate. We'll get to see uh, how the boys are gelling here. Very excited for that. Um, and then uh, we got the Wolves game Friday. And then grandparents coming over Saturday. Have a weekend, Jim. Wow. Hell of a week. And, uh. Yeah, teaching uh, Thursday, Friday as well here. So it's uh, we're uh, jam packed, jam packed. It's your birthday uh, month, buddy. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been lots of fun. It's been lots of fun. Um, anything else, boys? I wanted to say thanks to to Max for letting us rent out Don's for your B day. That's a thanks, huge shout yeah, out there big too. shout out to Roberto and uh, and uh, Tommy for uh, for setting everything up. So. Appreciate it. I, really I figured I was going to get individual texts on who to add in because you have about, like I said, a zillion friends. So, yeah, hey, man, I needed to rent the restaurant out for you rather than a table. Like, <laughs> But it's it's good Book that way. Book the whole place. Book the whole place. I did. We did. Yeah. We did. So. Yeah. It's going to be another watch party. But uh, Basically. Basically. Yeah. And, and then we get to go to hockey next... after, Jim. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Next, next week's episode is going to be a big one because it'll be – a preview of the weekend, right? Oh, yeah. First bad yeah. hockey. So yeah, we'll get ready. A, a guest uh, or two. Yeah. Lots of content coming uh, actually down the down the pipeline here. Starting, yeah, next week, Monday. Watch on Monday. There'll be a, there'll be a cool little post uh, coming out. Something new, something different from the boys here. So. Okay. And, uh, we'll, we, yeah, we'll announce the schedule next week because we do have the times, but we'll do that next week for. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a whole uh, spat hockey prep. And then we'll uh, have pond hockey prep the week following. So, just maybe, nonstop. maybe we do a little story, Jim, on like what our over under for points would be for the tournament, <laughs> like what our line would be for me and you. Like yeah. I'm setting myself, 
three games, probably, hopefully more. Give me two and a half, like a point per game, hopefully. <laughs> That's kind of high, but I think I can get there. A point per game playing with those guys I'm playing with? Yeah. I like yeah. that. You? Yeah. 0.5? Or you give yourself yeah, one and a half? 0.5. shots or 0.5 points? Jim, you're going you're gonna to be like the two-way D-man, though. A, with the little snap passing up, and then also now throwing the body, maybe dropping the mitts, too, with the box, and you've been doing with John, too. Yeah, watch over. No one's watch coming out. in front of the crease when you're there'll playing. Yeah, there'll be a net front presence. That's, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, net we should front throw presence. you in front for the power play. Another northern boy, yeah. just stuff him up there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, boys. Well, uh, that I think is it. Yeah. Um, nothing else. All right. That is going to do it here for week 142 of Behind the Bench. Uh, thank you all for tuning in once again. Thank you to Jono and Cole Payette for coming on uh, and chatting with the boys. And, uh, yeah, we will see you for 143. We love you all. Take care. Ciao. Happy birthday, Jim. Good.